Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Welcome along to the Kent Online Podcast. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's episode. It's Monday, December the 14th, and as always, we've got an awful lot to update you on today. We're going to start off actually with coronavirus and the growing calls for schools to shut early for the Christmas break to try and reduce the spread of COVID-19. Infection rates are continuing to rise in a number of parts of the county, particularly among secondary school-aged children. That's led to some saying schools should close pretty much immediately, and maybe not open quite so early at the start of next term. First up, let's hear from Alan Brooks, who's chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers. I think there is a very strong argument to look again at schools remaining open during the last week of term, particularly schools, particularly secondary schools, in the areas where the cases are highest. I don't think I would be in favour of a blanket closure, but I do think that a recommendation to schools from the centre to seriously consider closing would be a good idea. The the health secretary on Thursday said that cases were rising fastest amongst the 11 to 18 age group. If we are gonna get this under control, then looking at school closure would seem to be a very sensible step to consider seriously at this point and rapidly. Is it frustrating then when the health secretary made such a statement that there isn't perhaps more guidance for schools to, to trying to mitigate the issue? There are, there are real difficulties. We look at other countries at the moment, obviously. We look at Sweden and Denmark and Germany and South Korea. And these are generally countries that were held up as examples of how to control the virus when it first spread in March. They are all closing their schools, certainly their secondary schools at this point. We have to think there's a reason why they're doing that and we have to look very carefully at it. The alternative, which was suggested by the secretary on Thursday, was that they were going to roll out mass testing for students into particular areas. That should have started this morning, and we have sent letters out to all of our parents. It does not seem to be getting off to a great start. We've had a lot of parents in Swale saying they can't access the testing. They're being offered sites in Essex or sites in Margate or Ramsgate. We have other parents saying the website is simply kicking them out of the application process. So the alternative suggested does not seem to be working well at the moment and in any event is not mass testing of students in schools as it was sold to us as. It's positioning some more test centres in town centres and theoretically giving priority access to young people, their parents and school staff. I know that Kent County Council, the officers there, have worked really hard right across the weekend. We've had extra advice from them. It should be in place. It should be operating. But in terms of frustration, I know that my head of school is getting email after email this morning from parents who are feeling frustrated because they've seen that it's meant to be available. And so far, it just doesn't seem to be the case. So I don't know where the logistics have gone wrong. I don't know whether there aren't enough test centres being provided for areas. It is not the answer in the same way that actually giving schools the opportunity to close at this point whilst the mass testing takes place would seem to be a much more sensible manoeuvre at this stage. It's a huge issue. Swale is on 633 per 100,000. It's still going up. It's still the worst in the country. And that's a concern. We're not asking for closures to give teachers a holiday. Teachers will continue working. It's not about the stress of staff. It's about the safety of our children, the safety of our community. 
and they seem to have dismissed the idea of school closures out of hand without giving it the consideration it deserves. In Medway, however, where cases are among the highest in the country, council bosses have said schools will remain open, despite the opposition calling for a circuit break. Leader Alan Jarrett said the early closure of schools would lead to the isolation and loss of educational opportunity for so many of Medway's most vulnerable children. You can let us know what you think today by taking part in our poll. Just click on the story at kentonline.co.uk. Well, let's have a quick look at the infection rate then. Well, seven areas of Kent are now in the top 10 in England. According to the latest figures, Swale is the worst place in the country, followed by Medway, with Dover, Maidstone, Gravesham, Canterbury and Ashford also up there. Thanet is the only part of Kent where infection rates fell in the week to last Tuesday. Mass testing is due to be rolled out across the county this week to try and bring numbers down. Kent Online News. On to Brexit news now and over the weekend it was confirmed trade talks would continue. An agreement hasn't been reached just yet and there are only 17 days to go until the end of the transition period. And that's heightened concerns we could be heading for a no deal, which could seriously affect imports and exports at Dover and Folkestone. Adrian Ling is the managing director of Plamel Foods, which is based in Folkestone. I uh, believe that most people don't understand the complexities of how products and services are provided and there are just hundreds of different things that go on trucks and that would come to us and they would they would be one part of a product that we put together and so any delay in any one of those can cause the delay in any number of products and if we're putting orders together and that one part of that one product is not there that could double the transport because they may have to be sent later um, it causes chaos at customers because they get one part of the order and not another part. Um, all the extra on costs that are created via that. It, it, it's, it's highly complex and the general public and I would say most of the politicians have no idea um, about the complexities of business. Um, if politicians were business people I don't think they'd be in business. Do you think I mean, you've talked about the fact that there are certain customers and you're talking about Easter with them and they're thinking, well, we don't know what it's going to be like in two weeks time. So we may go elsewhere. Do you think that the, the knock on effect of this is going to be continued customers going other places and other European countries rather than to UK businesses like yourself? Oh, undoubtedly. You know, um, once once you've lost a customer for, for one season, um, it's very difficult to get that business back. Um, you know, new, new uh, relationships are are found and um, that that's just the knock-on effect so we'd lose one season you could lose many many seasons and it's like starting all over again and why would EU customers want to uh, actually purchase from uh, UK which is difficult to purchase from when the when even the tariff rates may or may not change in the future um, we're already hearing that well we might have some divergence and, and, and that tariffs might change at any point why would there be any certainty for laying contracts ahead? You know, you'd have to be then putting in, well, our prices, depending on what the tariff is at the point. Why would a customer, why would I want to be buying something when I don't know what I'm going to be paying for in a year's time? That's the whole point in paying for something and contracting something in, in a year's time. These sort of effects, you know, are going to be affecting all sorts of businesses. And that, that's where I come back to saying most people don't understand how complex and how um, 
forward businesses have to work. And as those trade talks continue, a Kent MP has said the Prime Minister should resign if an acceptable deal isn't done. Thanet's Sir Roger Gale has posted on Twitter to say Boris Johnson would have let the United Kingdom down if we leave with no deal. He's been chatting to our reporter Ish. If the Prime Minister fails to reach an acceptable agreement with the European Union, then he will have failed the people of the United Kingdom. And under those circumstances, I believe that an honourable man has no alternative but to stand down and to make way for somebody else, as indeed David Cameron did when he lost the referendum. Last year, Boris Johnson said there was an oven-ready deal, but that clearly doesn't seem to be the case, does it? The oven-ready deal was fudged as being, ah, yes, that was the withdrawal agreement. Well, as we know, that deal was imperfect and indeed the Prime Minister then tried to change that deal in the Internal Markets Bill and then subsequently rescinded that. So I don't think we can say that that was the deal. And I believe that the people that I represent, by and large, expected that we would leave with a trade deal and with a relationship agreement. And I think that he's so far failed to deliver that. Time is running out, he still has time, and I very much hope, for all our sakes, that a acceptable deal will be reached. But if not, then I don't think his position is any longer tenable. As you say, time is very short. We're just a few weeks away from the end of the transition period. How frustrating is it that negotiations are still continuing? We're, we're in the final, very latter stages of this period. Um, just just last week, the, the Kent and Victor Chamber of Commerce said that up to 60% of Kent businesses don't feel prepared for a no deal. How frustrating is it that we're still in this point of time? I think it is absolutely the case that a lot of businesses in Kent are not prepared for the deal. Uh, I think they feel that they haven't been given all the information that they need. And I think, in fact, that a lot of them, of course, may not have made the necessary moves because they believed up until now that we would get a deal. And it is still possible. The European Union does have a long tradition of going right to the wire and then agreeing a deal at the last minute. And I hope that that's what will happen in this case. Paul Francis is our political editor and also has some reaction. I do think it is quite uh, telling that he's felt uh, compelled to uh, make this intervention now, you know, ahead of any news of any uh, agreements and before the end of these extended talks. Uh, And I think the issue then becomes whether he represents, his view represents the views of a significant number in the parliamentary party. We all know that Europe has been the kind of fault line for the Conservatives in the last, well, probably two decades now. Uh, And as I say, I I don't think this is necessarily going to uh, convulse the uh, Conservatives into another bout of uh, kind of rancorous infighting. Finally, on this subject today, a mum who lives near Dover says lorries are keeping her children awake at night as they queue for the port. Hayley Townsend from Acliffe is angry that drivers on the A20 are beeping throughout the night when there are delays at the border. Kent Online reports. Some other top stories from Kent Online for you now, and a body's been found in the search for a missing teenage boy from Canterbury. Lucas Webb was last seen in Barham on Saturday. The discovery was made in Woodland on Sunday morning. 
Police say the 16-year-old's family have been told and the death isn't being treated as suspicious. Police are hunting the driver of a vehicle following a crash on the A21, which has left the passenger fighting for their life. It happened near Flimwell on the Kent-Sussex border in the early hours of this morning. The driver is believed to be injured and on the run. Dog owners are being warned to take extra care following two thefts near Sevenoaks. A 10-month-old Caucasian shepherd called Ivor was taken from his pen in Knockholt last Thursday. Three spaniels also went missing from kennels in Halstead later that same day. One of them, thankfully, has since been found. A mum and daughter have had a lucky escape after a grenade they found on a beach in Deal exploded in their home. Jodie Cruz had posted an image of the object on social media and thought it could have been a fossil. It burst into flames when she prodded it with a hot needle, causing damage to the kitchen. You can see pictures at kentonline.co.uk. UK. Two pubs in Whitstable could be getting outdoor seating areas as they adapt to life during the pandemic. The owners of the old Neptune and Rose in Bloom want to put up canopies so people can eat and drink outside with more space for social distancing. The plans have been submitted to Canterbury City Council. And don't listen for a bit if you don't want to find out who's going to be in this year's Strictly final. Kent's Harvey has made it through after scoring a perfect 30 with his Charleston. Actress Maisie Smith, comedian Bill Bailey and Made in Chelsea star Jamie Lang will join him next weekend after newsreader Ranveer Singh lost out in the dance-off. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham's five-game unbeaten run in the league came to an end at the weekend. They lost 2-1 at Doncaster Rovers on Saturday. His manager, Steve Evans. Well, I think your team performance probably is the... Same as what I thought of the game. It's it's a game of two halves. We never we never showed up first half. We didn't. We seemed to be devoid of everything that we're good at: working hard, uh, holding the ball, passing the ball, moving, chasing the ball, winning the ball. But, you know the whole thing. So it was a, a really poor performance. So in many respects, I'm glad to go in only one 0 down. I know that sounds a bit. And we and I, I plan to go to make five changes. That was the plan as I went into the dressing room, and then you. You start to analyse how you try to get back in the game. So we made a couple of changes. It worked. You know, we've come out and we've laid siege to the box. We get the goal. And uh, and I think one or two switch off, don't they? One or two switch off. We gave it away cheap on the edge of their box. But from the time you should be able to play a one-two there on the edge of their box and no worried about them breaking and scoring from it. So they did. And you can you can see at the end where without making a real clear-cut chance territorially, we're we're dominant. All the players in their half, they're obviously going to have the odd counter-attack with their overloaders because we're chasing the game. But you can see Darren and his, his staff shout for them to, for the goalkeeper to kill it, take his time. And we know Joe and he's a great lad, but you know he did that very well for them. And then they're running into corners in the last few minutes. So that was that was evident of, of how much better we were in the second half. I think if you take it in totality, they probably deserve to win the game because of how poor we were in the first half. You said we got back in the game and we did strange the second half really through Cole Dempsey, a really precise slow strike but within 90 seconds you're back to 2-1 down so from going from elation you feel like you have to get back in the game for a second time. Well we've got back in the game and then we're attacking their box aren't we and um, from memory I think Dom's got two or three options he tries to play 1-2 with Kyle it gets cut out and they're very good at it they've got a lot of quality so they break on it behind that is really poor Robbie gets sucked into it to the boy in the wider area and that leaves a gap through the middle of the pitch so that's a disappointing aspect but we can work on that in the training room that's that's just disappointing um, 
instead of we got back in the game, we get the goal, we've started the second half, we equalised. When we equalised, I think we'll win the game. I don't think it's any doubt, it's because we're much better than them in that spell. We're much better than the second half, but as a manager, you have to reflect on the field 90, not just 45. It means the Jules are now 12th in the League One table. They won't have too much time to think about it because they welcome Accrington Stanley to Priestfield tomorrow evening. Well, that's it for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all of KM Group's newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.